If you've never been baptized before, but today, maybe through the music or teaching, you feel a sense of like, wow, you know, I really need to make this commitment today. Um, We have extra t-shirts, extra shorts. Uh, I'll be uh, by the vending machine at the Gatorade machine, and uh, we'll get those for you. But uh, if today's your day, uh, we'd love to be able to do that. Um, But we'll go down to the pool after the celebration and be able to celebrate with those folks. Um, If you would, uh, in your program, there is a card that looks like that. Uh, It's the uh, Get Connected card. And so if you could start filling that out, uh, that would help us out a lot and uh, be able to stay connected with you uh, during this time. And we'll receive those at the end of the celebration. Um, In a couple of weeks, we're going to be celebrating Easter. And so we just want to give you a couple of heads up. Uh, The first thing is... Uh, we really want to encourage you to invite somebody. Uh, the uh, statistics tell us that 60% of all people who are invited on Easter would actually come if they simply got an invitation. So in your program, there's a little card. Uh, it looks like this. It says uh, April 1st, Easter. And uh, you can invite a coworker, neighbor, friend, whoever you want to, to come and to be a part of that. If you're more of a technological kind of person and you want to do it on Facebook, you can, and you'll just go to our Facebook page, and there you can click on the share button at the bottom, and you can share it on your timeline with friends and family. Uh, you can do that right now if you want. Do it on your smartphone. Uh, go ahead, invite people, uh, or later on if you get bored in the teaching, I've gone through this once, so it could happen. Uh, so, you know, just go ahead, uh, do it a second time, and uh, we'll do that. Right here, I have a yard sign. If you don't have a jar yard sign, you'd be willing to put it in your yard. Um, It only takes about 11 seconds uh, to do that. But if you could do that for us, another way to be able to start conversations uh, with your neighbor. And so um, we'll leave that there. Hopefully it'll stay. Um, And then finally, uh, if you are able to come at 9 o'clock on Easter Sunday, that'd be great. Now, you're going to invite somebody. We all know that. If you invite them to the 1045, though, don't go to the 9 o'clock and just hope they come, okay? Uh, Pick the one that you want to go to and actually uh, be a part of that process. Now, the night before Easter on March 31st, we're actually going to be setting up. And so if you can come and help us out, we'll start at 6 o'clock. The more people, the less time we have to do that. But we have to put up some extra chairs and different things. And so if you can uh, help us with that. Uh, that would be great. And then with Jar Kids, if you serve in Jar Kids, um, but you're not scheduled for that first Sunday, if you could help with us uh, to serve another time, attend one, serve one, uh, that would help us a lot. And the way you could do any of that to help serve is simply on the Connect card that you looked at when we first showed up in the right-hand corner is a blue box. If you just check that blue box, we'll get in contact with you to say, hey, Uh, How could you serve? And uh, we'll get you plugged in uh, that way. Okay, one last thing, and then we'll uh, jump into the teaching. Um, Parking will be limited on uh, Easter Sunday. So if you're volunteering or you could help us, the Defer Varan parking lot, which is right across uh, the way um, from the Y, if you could park there, that'd be great. And then also the Muncie Music Center store, both of these uh, businesses have told us we can park there, 
you can park there or in the back. Uh, that would free uh, some parking for folks in the front. So, are you excited for Easter? Are you going to invite somebody? Okay, don't be a liar. God doesn't like liars, so don't, don't do that. All right, hey, let's pray, and then we'll uh, jump in. Let's pray. Well, God, thank you so much for each person who's here today. Um, they're not here by accident. They're here because you uh, stirred in their hearts to come this morning uh, for some reason. Maybe it's to celebrate with uh, someone that's getting baptized. Uh, maybe for someone else, it's the first time they're here, and they're just checking you out. But God, we know that you want to move right now in a powerful way. And so, God, I pray that you'd take your servant and move him totally out of the way and allow your Holy Spirit to guide us. God, we, we've sensed your spirit since we've uh, worshipped. And now, God, uh, through your words, God, would you speak to us. Um, change lives. Move in people's lives, God. And help those who are battling temptations today to know how to take a step to overcome that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, every single one of us, every single day, is tempted by something. But there are some of us that actually have recurring temptations. Maybe there's one or two things that just go over and over and you're tempted by. For some of you, it could be overspending. You just spend all the time. For others of you, it might be overeating. You can't push the plate away. For others of you, maybe you have a critical spirit. You're just always critical. Nothing's ever good enough. Um, I had a person come up to me after church and kind of gave me a little criticism. I was like, yeah, you didn't really hear anything today, did you? Uh, <laughs> and then uh, another, uh, other people, they might struggle with gossip. They have a tendency uh, to gossip uh, with people. Some of you are battling a substance abuse or a sexual addiction this morning. You're hiding it, um, but you know deep down there's something that's not quite right. But no matter who you are, you just can't seem to stop doing one particular thing. Sometimes we'll even convince ourselves. We'll say, well, I just had to do it. Or, you know, I really didn't want to, and I want to stop in this area, but I just can't. I mean, Chris, I prayed about this. I've had my family pray, and I just can't stop. I need everything to try to change this, but I just cannot do it. I'm stuck. So today, what we want to do uh, is talk about how do we overcome temptation by looking specifically through uh, a particular passage uh, in Galatians. But before we jump into that, uh, what I want us to do is kind of re-look at our scripture, revisit it, um, that we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks. So if you weren't here, you'll, you'll get it. If not, uh, this will be review. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, this is what Paul, one of Jesus' closest friends, said. Uh, it'll come up on the side screen. And God is what? What's the next word? He is faithful. God is faithful. And the good news is, is that our God will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. When you are tempted, he will provide you a way out, a way to get out so that you can endure it. Now, the reality is, is that temptation comes and God says, hey, here's the way out to get out of that. But this is what happens so often is that we're so attracted and we're so enticed and the temptation is so strong, we just can't walk 
away. Have you ever given into a temptation before? And then right after you gave into the temptation, you say, okay, I'm never going to do that anymore. Do we need to raise hands on that one or okay? Right, everybody, everybody would, right? Now, many times, what we do then is what we... What we do is we focus on the wrong thing and we say, I'm not going to do that wrong thing anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not going to think about whatever it is anymore. And we force ourselves to stop thinking about the wrong thing. But have you ever had this experience before where you're there and you're like, I'm not going to think about this. 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 And then what happens? That's what you think about. The very wrong thing that you don't want to be thinking about is the thing that all of a sudden it becomes even more so. So, we're going to do a little experiment this morning. What I'd like you to do for a moment is just to close your eyes, okay? And we know if your eyes are not closed, so go ahead. Some of you, though, don't go too far, you know, don't go to sleep. Um, But close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. Go to a happy place. Close your eyes. Now, I don't want you to think of a pink elephant. Don't think of a pink elephant. Don't think of a pink elephant. Don't think of a pink elephant. Okay, open your eyes. What do you see? (laughs) Exactly, you know? And, folks, when we're trying to force ourselves not to think about something, typically what happens is that what we think about. Don't think about chocolate cake. Okay, don't think about a girl in a bikini. Okay, right now, I see her on a pink elephant eating chocolate cake, you know, and you're like, whoa, what happened there? You know, the very thing that I did not want to think about, now all of a sudden, that's what it is. So we say, well, I don't want to think about the negative things. I don't want to think about the negative things. Well, today in Scripture, it's not a bad thing not to think about negative things, but this is what I want you to do through our Scripture today, what we want to focus on is not necessarily not thinking about the wrong thing, but why don't we just do the right thing? Like, don't just not think about the wrong thing. How about let's just do the right thing? Look at this powerful scripture from Paul in Galatians chapter 5. He says this, So I say what? What's he say? So I say what? Live by the Spirit. What does that mean? In the words of Spike Lee, do the right thing. Just do the right thing. Stay close to God. Step with Him. Walk in His ways. Live by His Spirit. And if you do this, what does it say will happen? What's it say? You will not gratify the desires of your flesh. Now, what are the desires of the flesh? The flesh is simply a picture of wrong things, of your sinful nature that we're all drawn to. If you're a follower of Jesus, and not all of you are, but if you are, you know that there is a war going on. There's a war constantly going on between what God's Spirit wants, what, what God's Spirit wants you to do and what your flesh or your evil, sinful nature wants you to do. And it's constantly going on. So he says, if you live by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
If you live by the Spirit, if you walk in the Spirit, you're not going to do the wrong thing. Verse 17. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do whatever you want. You know, whether you're a Christian or not, everyone can relate to this next scripture. This is what it says, Paul says. I don't understand myself at all, for I really want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do the very thing that I hate. I know perfectly well what I am doing is wrong, but I can't help myself. Folks, people naturally get this. I mean, all you have to do is take that, those words right there. You go out on the street, Walnut Street, Mulberry Street, whatever. You show that to somebody and you read it to them and they would be like this. Dude, that's in the Bible? That's my life. I want to do what is right, but I don't. I mean, we all get this. We realize that there is a moral law. And we screw up, and we fall. I want to stop overspending, but oh man, there is a sale on shoes. I just got to have some shoes, got to have some shoes. And so you go, and God wants the shoes. I'm going to get up in the morning, going to exercise, look on your phone, 2% chance of rain. Well, I don't want to get a cold in the morning, so uh, I'm not going to run. I want to read my Bible every day, and you open it up, and all of a sudden you start reading it, and day one goes well, two goes well, three goes well. Well, I've got enough of that. And next thing you know, it's 40 days. You know, you haven't even touched it. I mean, you want to do the right thing, but then I don't want to do the right thing. I want to do the right thing, but I don't want to do the right thing. I don't want to get mad at my husband. But for some reason, every time I take off my shoe, it's going right at him. You know, it's like... Like, what happened? I know I shouldn't do that, but why, why did that happen? I don't want to go drinking with my buddies tonight. And all of a sudden you find yourself at a bar and you're like, why am I here? And next thing you know, you start getting trapped. I don't want to sleep with my boyfriend again, and then you do it again. I don't want to do these things. I don't want to do these things. I want to do the right things, but I end up doing the wrong things. Folks, why is this such a struggle? Well, this leads to our big idea this morning. It's your first fill-in, or you can do it on our app. Just go to the App Store, the Jar Community Church, and you can find it. And here it is. What you feed grows, and what you starve dies. What you feed grows, and what you starve dies. Whatever you feed grows stronger, bigger. Whatever you starve grows weaker and eventually dies. For example, if you feed yourself a lot, if you feed yourself, what's going to happen? You're going to grow. You might grow this way. You might grow this way, but you're going to grow nonetheless. Um, If you have a plant and you feed the plant, what's going to happen? It's going to grow. It's going to be healthy. If you starve your plant, what's going to happen? It's going to die unless you bring your plant to our house and we'll kill it either way because... We just know how to kill plants. Folks, if you feed your fleshly nature, what happens? Your desire to sin grows. If you starve your fleshly nature, it starts to die. If you 
feed your spirit, your spirit grows, your relationship with God grows, you live a healthier life, and you starve the desires of your flesh. Folks, what you feed grows. What you starve dies. So instead of just thinking, no, 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 I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, why don't you actually do the right thing and feed your spirit? Because when you feed your spirit, what naturally happens, folks, is you starve your flesh. You starve the sinful nature that's there. So for the rest of our time, what I simply want to do is look at this question. How do we overcome the temptation that we often fall into? How, how do we overcome the temptation that we often get ourselves into? Well, here's the first thing. We're going to learn to depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to learn to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, one of the questions I get a lot is people will say, what's the Holy Spirit? I mean, I know I've heard people in church talk about this thing called the Trinity, like there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, but I really don't get it. Well, first of all, what you need to know, it's not three different gods, okay? Three substances, one God. One way to understand this is to look at your own life. You have one being... But within your being, there are three substances, or three parts. What are they? Your mind. What else? Your body. And what else? Your spirit. So your mind, body, and spirit. Now, are you three separate things? No, no, no. You're one, but those three substances are a part of who you are. Now, a lot of people will tell me, well, I understand God the Father, I get that part. I understand God the Son, Jesus. I looked at my kid's Bible and I saw a picture of Jesus, so I know that he exists. You know. That's supposed to be funny that you didn't really. We don't know exactly what he looks like, okay. But the Holy Spirit, it's just like confusing to me. So we're going to put our thinking caps on today and we're going to learn about the Holy Spirit. First of all, what you need to understand is the Holy Spirit is a personality, it's not an it. It's not an it out there, but it's actually its own person. Before Jesus actually uh, went and ascended back to heaven, so he taught for three years, he died on a cross so that all of our sins would be forgiven, and then he rose three days later from the dead. And then he came and he ministered, and he was seen by over 500 people. And then after that, he ascends back to heaven, and before he ascends, he goes, Hey guys, but I want you to know you're never going to be alone, because I'm going to leave you something better than myself. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And when a person accepts Jesus Christ as Lord, what happens is the Holy Spirit dwells within them. So people who are getting baptized today, when they are baptized, God's Spirit goes within them. And so for some of you, maybe today, you're like, you know what, I need to make the decision today to get baptized. And so if that's your decision, when you make that commitment, God's Spirit actually dwells within you. We've got t-shirts, we've got shorts, maybe today's your day. So what does the Holy Spirit do? Well, the Holy Spirit does a lot of things, but let me just share a few. One thing is, He convicts us of sin. You're doing something wrong, and you're all of a sudden like, oh, I shouldn't do this. Or you're almost getting ready to do something wrong, 
And then all of a sudden, it's like this warning light. Like, don't do this. Warning, 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 warning. This is going to cause pain to you. The Holy Spirit convicts us. The Holy Spirit also comforts us when we're hurting. Have you ever had that experience before where you're hurting, you're going through something tough? Maybe it's some pain, a relationship breakup. Maybe it's the death of someone. You feel all alone. You've just gone through a divorce. There's difficult struggles. And you're like, oh, God, I just can't. And then all of a sudden you feel this peace. Remember a buddy of mine uh, came up to me and was like, dude, I don't know what happened today, but I like started feeling these goosebumps in church. I don't know what's going on. I was like, well, you got a cold. That's what's going on. <laughs> no, he doesn't have a cold. I feel a warmth. God's Spirit is present. He wants to comfort His people. The Holy Spirit counsels people. He's a counselor that you don't have to pay money for. But if you go to him first, then you don't have to go pay money to a human counselor. He'll guide you. He'll protect you. This is the way that you should go. All of us need counseling sometimes. I've gone through counseling. My wife has. But the closer that we get connected to the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, life goes differently. He prompts us. He nudges us. He tells us to go somewhere. So when you're battling temptation, you don't have to do it on your own. Because you have someone that actually dwells within you who's like, I can help you through this. I can get you through whatever that particular thing is. And I can help you to overcome your flesh. Ten years ago, I was attending a conference of uh, this ministry that they were getting ready to launch nationally called Celebrate Recovery. And while I was there, I just felt this prompting of the spirit of like, we need to do this at the jar. And so Celebrate Recovery, it's a Christ-centered uh, recovery ministry in which they take the 12 steps of recovery and the words of Jesus and they put them together and they help people to overcome their hurts, habits, and hang-ups. We launched this in 2009, and since then, we've had hundreds of people uh, walk through the doors and their lives have been changed. And those that stick and they do it, their entire world changes and they receive God's healing. But the whole process begins, folks, when a person is honest enough to admit that I have a hurt, habit, or hang-up. Because many of us, we go through all life and we never admit whatever it is that our issue is. We try to ignore those things, push them aside. Because this is the truth, folks. You are only as strong as you are honest. You're only as strong as you are honest. And the first step, actually, is to admit that. That I can't do this alone. I can't. If you could have done it alone by yourself, you don't need anybody else. But you haven't been able to. But you need God. And that's the first and hardest step. But it all begins with admit. I love what Celebrate Recovery, their first step, says this. I realize I'm not God. That's a good thing. I admit that I am powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. Folks, when you admit that you are powerless over something, what tends to happen is you start realizing, I need a power greater than my own. The power of the Holy Spirit comes and it helps you to become 
whole and healed in that moment. So right now, I want to give a little challenge. In your program, on the app, is just kind of a phrase, but there's a blank. And this is what it says. I admit that I am powerless over blank. I believe that the power of the Spirit of God will heal me and make me whole. So here's my question to you. What's in your blank? What is in your blank? I admit that I'm powerless over food. I admit that I'm powerless over materialism. I just want to buy, buy, buy. I want more. I want more. I want different things so people think I'm more important than I actually am. I admit that I'm powerless over worry. I just worry all the time. I mean, I just worry about the economy. I worry about my spouse. I worry about my family. I'm always worried about my kids. Some of you, I'm addicted to porn. You just call it what it is. You're powerless over it. You can't walk away. Folks, you are only as strong as you are honest. You admit it. You admit it. I'm powerless over the lust that I have. For some of you, it's dope. It's pot. It's alcohol. It's meth. It's some kind of painkiller that you don't have a prescription for, but you tend to find what those things are. It's dip. I just keep dipping all the time. What are you powerless over? I want to give you a moment just to think about it. Maybe you're thinking about it. You're like, I'm not going to write that thing down because I'm not going to have someone else's eyes too close to see what that is. You don't have to do that. But you know what you could do today? You could confess it. You could say, God, I'm confessing that I'm powerless over this thing. And maybe before you leave today or sometime today, you write it out. God, I'm powerless over this thing. Celebrate Recovery. It meets at 7 o'clock. Hurts, habits, and hangups. Every single Thursday is an opportunity for healing to come into your life. And I want to challenge you to think about maybe that's it. What is it that you're powerless over that you need God's healing and wholeness in your life? Let me tell you my story. This is not something I'm proud of. Many of you know that I was raised a PK, a preacher's kid. And to be quite honest, I was pretty much the ideal preacher's kid. I uh, towed the line, went to church all the time, uh, was baptized, I believed in Jesus, I knew him, I had a personal relationship, all was well. And then I went off to college, and all of a sudden, it was like Jesus wasn't enough. I knew the Jesus thing, I, I was about the Jesus thing, but I got introduced to some other stuff And I really liked that stuff, too. And so I didn't want to leave that stuff. I still wanted Jesus. I just didn't want to get rid of some other stuff. And some of you I'm talking to right now. So what happened was, God loves me enough to say, well, if you want that stuff, go ahead. And all of a sudden, my life started to spin out of control. 
And finally, in my junior year, I was pretty much living with a woman that was much older than me. And we were doing all kinds of stuff that I'm not proud of. But this was the thing. I didn't want to stop. And then one day, I remember I was walking on campus, and I just thought it was my conscience. But now I know it was the Holy Spirit that was kind of whispering to me. You've got to get out of this relationship. It's not who I created you to be. I was like, who? I drank too much last night. But I was a PK, and I knew. I was like, ah. It didn't happen overnight. But eventually, I ended that relationship, and I admitted that I was powerless over my sinful nature. And I remember the day that I got all my stuff out of her apartment and I went to the dorm room that I'd been paying for. Well, actually, my parents had been paying for the entire time. And it's like I'm moving, it's like I'm moving back into this place. And I remember a couple of my buddies that were down there like, dude, welcome back. You don't live here, though. And I was like, well, I cut off that relationship. And they're like, no, you're not. This isn't going to last. She's too hot. She's too wild. No way. But it did. And the Holy Spirit started doing a healing within my life to where I was able to return back to my first love in Jesus Himself. And, and God started to transform my mind. And the first thing He transformed is, Chris, you got to quit looking at women as simply an item. And all of a sudden, my mind changed and I said, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm going to be pure. And I made this commitment and for over three months, I just didn't date anybody. I didn't connect with any females. I just wanted to live a pure life. And then God opened this beautiful, beautiful window to my life and what would become my wife, Jennifer. And 23 years of marriage, we haven't had a perfect marriage. We've had ups and downs. But I can tell you that I've learned to love her and treasure her and cherish her and honor her because that's what God commands me to do, but that's what she deserves. So, well, hold on, hold on, that's good. You don't have to clap for me. So here's the truth. Here's the moment of truth for you. Some of you need to admit your issue. You need to admit your thing. You've been covering up for years and years and years. But this is the truth. What remains covered will never be hid. What remains covered up will never be hid. So I pray that whatever you need to admit, to depend upon the Holy Spirit for, that you would do that so you could have healing and wholeness, depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's the second thing. How do we overcome temptation we often get into? Here it is. Follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Again, Paul says these words in Galatians. 
Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. What are they doing? They are starving their flesh. They're putting it down. They're staying away so that power becomes weaker and weaker and weaker. Scripture goes on. Since we do what? What do we do? Yes, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's say that out loud together. Just that sentence, okay? Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Now, what does that mean? (coughs) Several years ago, BK, before kids, uh, Jennifer and I took ballroom dancing classes. And uh, that's fine for you to do that, but to be quite honest, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to be, you know, dancing, especially on a ballroom, all that kind of stuff. I didn't even know what all that meant. But it's amazing. When you love a woman, like when you're goo-goo-ga-ga in love with a woman, I don't care what you think. You can call me weak. I'm in love with Jennifer Bunch. Jennifer Terry Bunch, you know. And uh, I love that woman. And so she, she wanted to do ballroom dancing. I didn't really want to do it. But, you know, men will do stuff for love sometimes. And so I did. And so we show up to the dance class. And the lady gets us all lined up. And she goes, find your frame. And I'm looking around. I go, Jen, I was like, were we supposed to bring a picture frame of us? Like, to show everybody? All of a sudden, this woman, she needs help. But she hit me right in the chest. And she goes, No, you dummy, like this. And she put her hand up like that. And she grabbed her other hand. She put it around her back like that. I was like, I like that other hand. You know what I mean? Not this hand so much, but I like this one, you know. And so all of a sudden, we've got our frame. And then all of a sudden, they start trying to tell us, you know, what to do. And I am clueless. I do not know how to dance whatsoever. And the only thing we could do was stay in a corner. And this is what you did if you stayed in the corner. You went like this. And back to the corner. We never danced anywhere else. People are going up and down, flying around, doing all this kind of stuff. We stayed in the corner. Now, one of the things you'll know about ballroom dancing, too, maybe you don't know, is that the man always leads. Okay? My wife was not a fan of that rule. And uh, mainly because I was horrible and there needed to be somebody to do something and I was just bad. And she would get so frustrated after those lessons. She's like, why are you not listening? You should be doing this and you should be doing that. And finally, the instructor like picked up on this and we're trying to do this. And she tapped Jen on the shoulder one day and she said, honey, you will never learn how to dance together unless you let him lead. He goes. Now, again, I don't know any of the steps, but all of a sudden I would do things like I'd grab her hand and she'd know, okay, he's going that way. You know, I had no idea except the next step. So I'd go like this and she'd go like that. And then sometimes I'd just look at her and I, I'm like, we're going that way, okay? Like, you know, going like that. And then every once in a while, whenever they said, okay, now we want to dip, I'd go like this. I'd go, and that, that was our, you know, it was our dip. And then we'd go down. And, and I had no clue, but... Over time, like, there were these really weird 
you know, promptings that nobody else knew, but, but she got a hold of it, and she would, she would know what was going on. To be honest, folks, we stunk. I mean, we were horrible. We were just absolutely horrible. But people, every once in a while, they'd be like, you guys kind of know how to dance. And we're like, what have you been watching this whole time, you know? Like, but the reality is, we don't. We're horrible. We're still horrible. We had to give it up, and, you know, we're on 12 steps of recovering ballroom dancing right now. And, but I just, all I knew, folks, was what the next step was. And I would tell her, and she would follow me. Now, she knew the signals, and here's the point. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So how do you do that? How do you get, keep in step with the Spirit? You've got to learn the signals. And the way that you learn the signals are you have to get close to God's Spirit. You read His words. You recognize Him over time. And He'll say, He's leading me this way, or He's leading me that way, or He's asking me to help out this person, or He's asking me to pray for this person. And what you're literally doing is you're keeping in step with the Spirit. Folks, when you come close to a relationship with God, here's why it happens. He will not let you gratify the desires of your flesh. He'll help you. He'll protect you. He'll keep you away from that if you feed your spirit, if you stay in step with His Spirit. Now let me say this. I am not perfect. I am far from it. Every single day I'm tempted by sin, and sometimes I fall into it. But this is what I've known. As I have stayed in step with the Spirit, after years and years of doing this, this is the truth, folks. I am not tempted in the great way, and it becomes less and less and less than what I was 23 years ago. Now, some of you might be thinking at this point, okay, preacher boy, Woo, got your wife and your little happy family, good, good, you know, whatever. And some of you might be going, Chris, Thanks for talking about all this, but honestly, dude, I, I live in the real world, and I have a real job, and I work more than one hour a week, you know, and so, you know, this is just not going to work for me. It's not. Well, if you're a follower of Christ, this is only for those of you who have made a commitment to Christ. If you're a follower of Christ, I want to give you a challenge today, and here's the challenge. I want you to pick one day this week that you will write down every time you're prompted by the Holy Spirit. Just one day. Not every day. Just pick one day, and each time you're prompted by the Holy Spirit, you write it down. Now, for some of you, you might have to pick out your phone and, and you know, put, the, put that down each time you're prompted. For others of you, maybe you have a little notebook. You write it down. Maybe for others of you, you, uh, you know, can write it in a journal, whatever. But just one day, you write down each time that you're prompted. Now, I never ask you guys to do anything that I'm not willing to do. And so this Wednesday, this is what I did. I wrote down each time I was prompted by the Spirit. So I get up in the morning, I'm in the shower, and I'm listening to some Christian music on K-Love. And all of a sudden, this song comes on. And I feel this prompting while I'm in the shower. Tell your wife to listen to this song. It wasn't a song that I knew. I wasn't sure she knew it. 
But I got dressed. I went downstairs. I said, hey, Jen, there's this song that I need you to listen to. I think it's called Sparrow or Sparrows. I'm not sure. But it's all about not becoming worried about everything. And the last couple of weeks, she's been so worried. And she goes, Chris, this was exactly what I needed because I've been so worried. And she's been listening to this song uh, all week. We're watching American Idol as a family. We DVR'd it. And Wednesday night, we're watching it. We're all looking at it. And they had some guy that got up there, and he started singing, and he was horrible. I mean, nothing should ever, he should never sing. You know what I mean? And um, he, he was just horrible. But he thought he was good. And then all of a sudden, it switched, and the judges started making fun of him. And all of a sudden, in the midst of that, most of the time, I just kind of laugh with him. I'm like, look at that idiot. Like, that's an idiot, you know? But for some reason, they start making fun, and I get this prompting. Fast forward, your kids don't need to watch anyone being berated. And so I went, did he, did he, did he? And all of a sudden, my 10-year-old and 8-year-old's like, Dad, what are you doing? I'm like, we don't need to watch people that are being made fun of. And this is the thing. Both of those girls, you don't need to clap for me, both of those girls have been made fun of this year. And it's very hard for me as a parent to go and say, I'm so sorry that that's happening if I just let them watch that. And again, not that I'm perfect, but this time, I listen. I'm driving down the road on Wednesday. I get this little prompting to pray for someone in our church who is battling alcoholism. So I start praying for them. I get done with that. I send them a text when I get to the office just wanted you to know I was praying for you today in your battle with alcoholism. Submit, then I just gave the scripture from last week. Submit yourself to God. Do you remember it? Resist the devil and what will he do? He will flee. And the person quickly responded back, thanks so much. I just had a panic attack. Every time I'm alone, I usually have panic attacks. And the way that I self-medicate in the midst of that is I drink until I get drunk. I'm so grateful that you sent this to me. Thank you. So, about an hour goes by. I get a text from a person. Who is her? Or is this person's spouse? And it says, I don't know how you knew, but reaching out to my spouse came at the perfect time. Now, here's the thing, folks. I didn't know. I had no clue. I am not in their house. I don't know what's going on in their life. I had no idea whatsoever. All I tried to do was obey the one thing that God asked me to do. And then God reached into that person's life and totally gave them encouragement when they were at one of their most discouraging moments of time. Now, if you want to clap for that, you can't because that's God. That's not me. So this week, my challenge to you is, will you do the same thing? Maybe you never have listened to Christian music before, but you might decide, hey, I'm going to try it this week. And then all of a sudden you listen to it and you're like, wow, I was encouraged by that. That's God's Holy Spirit. You might just be reading five minutes a day in the Bible. And all of a sudden as you read, you're like, wow, that really spoke to me today. You might be going uh, into your office and you're walking and you see that annoying person over there and you're like, trying to hide, you know, like stay away from the plague. And maybe in this particular moment, you actually decide, you know what, I'm going to walk by 
and listen to them. And you give yourself five minutes to do that. Maybe you decide, hey, I'm going to take five minutes right now. God, if there's anyone you want me to pray for, I'm driving right now. I'm willing to pray for whoever you want. I'll tell you this. If you do that, this is what's going to happen. Bam, 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 bam. It's going to be like all of these spiritual bombs in your head going, pray for this person, pray for that person, pray for that person. And you will impact so many lives in such a short period of time. You will think that you're going one place. And all of a sudden you'll get this from you. Don't go in there. Don't do this. Go do this instead. And as you keep in step with the Holy Spirit, God will help you not to gratify the sinful desires of your flesh. Folks, what you feed will grow. What you starve will die. You have no obligation whatsoever to a sinful nature. Why? Because our God is faithful. And He will not let you be tempted more than what you can bear. And when you are tempted, He will always, always give you a way out. Don't think about the wrong, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. But actually say, I'm just going to do the right thing in this moment. Just say, God, I admit that I'm powerless over this one area. What's in your blank? What do you need to write down to finally get a power that is greater than your own? That you depend on a power that's greater than your own. And then you take one day this week and you're following the promptings of the Holy Spirit and you write those down and you're encouraged and you're like, ah, you know, God actually is talking to me. He is. And maybe if I listen well today, I can listen even better next week and or the next day and I could pay attention more. For our God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Because when you feel trapped, and you feel trapped, and you feel trapped, God will always, always give you a way to get out. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now through the power of your Holy Spirit that you would give us a hope right now for those people, God, who are stuck in something. Whatever that is. I pray today, God, that you would give them a breakthrough. Right now, if there is something that goes in that blank and you want the Holy Spirit, you need the Holy Spirit to move in that area of your life, to bring some healing, to set you free. If today's the day where you're like, I'm tired of hiding in the dark with this. I need help, God. I need help with this particular area. Would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand. No one's looking. Just raise your hand. Thank you for your honesty. And put your hand down. And maybe you didn't raise your hand the first time because you're like, you know what? person I'm sitting beside, I don't want them to know and whatever, but the Holy Spirit to be quite honest, has been stirring in you 
this entire time saying, you are powerless over this area. You need my help. Just, just turn to me. I'm here to help you. I'm a counselor. I'm a guy. And so if you didn't raise your hand the first time because you just didn't want to be outed or you didn't want one, uh, somebody to see you, maybe now, though, you can say, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I need your help, God. I need help in this area of my life. Just raise your hand. Say, God, this is it. This is the time. This is the place where I finally draw a line in the sand. God, I need your help in this area. God, thank you for each person who raised their hand. Teach us to admit that we are powerless in our own ability to overcome whatever area it is. But God, if we depend upon the power of the Holy Spirit, you can send a breakthrough in this area of our life. God, we depend upon you. We depend upon you. Help us, God. We need your help in this area. And God, would you bring healing to each person who made a commitment to say this is it. I talked earlier about a time in my life when I wanted God, but I wanted this other thing. And then finally I was like, you know what? I'm done with that other thing. I just want to follow you. And the reality is that many of you are sitting here this morning and you're like, well, I've got to get this taken care of first, or I've got to get that taken care of first, or I've got to do this first. The reality is God wants you to come exactly the way you are, and He will help you to be better than where you're at. But He loves you exactly where you're at. And He accepts you, and He invites you to come and to be a part of a relationship with Him. And so, God, I pray right now that the same God who rose from the dead would come right now and would speak into people's lives and say, anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I'll take on all your sin, no matter how trapped you feel, no matter how dark you think it is, no matter what you're afraid of, today is the day you turn to me. I will help you. So if today's your day, you're ready to surrender. I need His forgiveness. I need His help. I'm powerless. I'm not good enough in this area. I need you, Jesus. That if you're ready to do that today, to turn to God, I want to turn away from my sin and turn to God. If that's you today, I invite you to share this prayer after me. And here at the jar, we never pray alone. We always pray together in unison. But if this is your prayer for the first time, know that God's Spirit is with you. And I invite you to pray this after me. Just repeat after me. Jesus, save me from my sin. Make me brand new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. So I have the power to serve you. To follow you. To know you. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, let's give a hand to everybody who said that prayer for the first time. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Hi, everybody. I'm Emily. And um, if you just prayed that prayer with Chris for the first time, or maybe you prayed it anew and kind of recommitted your life to God today, 
Um, we want to celebrate with you. That's just such an awesome thing that um, you've done today. And so um, right back in that corner is Abby. And um, Abby would love to just pray with you and give you a Bible and give you a little gift to help you always remember this day um, and how it's um, impacted your life. Um, and then also, um, Chris had mentioned this Connect card earlier um, that you have in your program. And um, there's a little box on the back of it that just says, I accepted Christ today. And so we'd love for you to just check that box, and that way we can um, kind of follow up with you and let you know um, how to kind of grow from here. Um, so, and if you haven't filled out that Connect card yet, this would be a great time to do that, just so we can get to know you a little bit better and connect with you. Um, even if you've been coming to the JAR for years, we'd still uh, love for you to fill that out. You can also fill it out on the app, so if you don't have the JAR app, we encourage you to, to download that on the App Store, the Play Store, and um, you can do all kinds of really cool things with the art, the JAR app. Well, um, we're going to receive an offering at this time. So if I could have the greeters go ahead and come forward. And you can also put your Connect cards in that offering, too. Um, and if today is your first time here, we don't want you to feel any kind of pressure to give. Um, we're more concerned about just getting to know you. So don't even worry about that. But if the JAR is your church home, um, we just encourage you to um, follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit and to um, give as you feel led today and to give generously um, to our God who's so generous to us. So please pray with me. God, I thank you so much that um, you just have given us so much that we have the opportunity to be able to give back. Um, I thank you that you'd help us to be led by you today um, as we give and that um, you'd take our offerings, Lord, and use them to reach people in this community and um, to draw them into a relationship with you. We thank you so much for that. Amen. All right, well, if you are new here, or maybe you've come for a couple Sundays and haven't had a chance to stop by our guest connection table, it is right back there, and they have a really cool free gift for you there, and they just want, want to make sure you feel welcome here and answer any questions that you have, so make sure you stop by guest connection before you leave. And um, we have um, some really cool things coming up. Um, at the JAR, we are a church um, that we don't only want to be a church that prays, but we want to be a praying church. And prayer is something that's just central um, to who we are as a church. And so um, we have something called the Prayer Circle that's coming up on uh, March 28th. Um, at 6.30, and this is an evening where you can come and you can pray together with us. Um, if you're not comfortable praying out loud, that's okay. You can pray silently. You don't have to worry about that. Um, and really what we want to take this time to this month, we have this every month, but on this particular night, is to lift up our Easter celebration and pray that God just really moves in a powerful way. And so we're going to have child care for you there. Um, it's going to be a really cool time. And the exciting thing is, this is going to be our first um, big event in our newly remodeled basement at the JAR office. So you guys can come and um, check out that really cool space. We're going to just dedicate that space to God. Um, and it's going to be a really cool time. And then um, a couple days later on Good Friday, we're going to have a prayer breakfast, um, kind of in honor of Easter. And that'll just be a time where you can pray and reflect and think about uh, the sacrifice that Jesus made for us and um, the fact that he rose again and his love for us. And so... Um, for that breakfast, though, make sure that you do sign up either on the app or over at the resource table so we can make sure that you get breakfast for that. Well, at this time, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward. And if today there's anything in your life um, that you'd like some prayer for, they would be happy to just um, pray with you about that um, and just be there for you today. And so um, Chris is going to kind of 
close us up here, and I hope you all have a great Sunday. Hey, everybody stand. Uh, Again, if you'd like prayer for anything, come up here. These folks would love to pray with you. If you accepted Christ for the first time, there's a table in the back, and uh, you can go back there, and someone would love to pray for you. And uh, today, you know, if you're like, man, I'm convicted, I need to get baptized today, uh, I'll be at the Gatorade machine right outside here, and uh, we've got shirts for you, uh, and t-shirts, and uh, shorts, so you're good to go. Um, But this week, remember... Uh, what you feed, what? Grows. And what you starve, what? Dies. So this week you get to choose what you're going to feed and what you're going to starve. And know that you're loved in this place. Live by the power of the Holy Spirit. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks.